ex. It's such a privilege to have a chit chat with you. Uh, I know we've connected on a professional level, working on with doctors inside, but on a personal level, today is a lucky day. And uh, due to COVID-19, there are so many things that have happened and we didn't uh, get time to catch up. So it's really a privilege to talk to you and share with us, especially working and living in China. How is it now? What is going on? Especially now that foreigners have had a hitch of coming back to China. So just yeah. a, a little bit introduction. Who are you? What are you doing in China? So that people can know what you're doing in China. Welcome, Max. Thank you very much. I hope that you can hear me. But um, thank you. So basically, uh, as you sort of drop my name, my name is Olisilis Tole. Uh, having traveled to a couple of places, I've lost seven letters of my name to basically X now. Um, luckily, it was it was done um, in a good space. So I was playing basketball when I was living in Canada, and you can only imagine trying to play basketball and trying to be in the game and having to say a name like Olisile, um, especially for my teammates who were 99.9% Canadian and have never experienced a name like mine. So we all basically all kind of agreed that I'd become X and it's really worked out because obviously now living in China, you know, it works in my favor that my name is X. Um, so thank you for having me. Um, I was born in South Africa, so I've come from a very small city. Um, I lived in two cities at the same time because of the dynamics of my family structure. So firstly, I was born into uh, a black family, obviously by the color of my skin. Those who obviously have audio won't be able to hear the color of my skin. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I was born, I was born um, into a black family. However, I was uh, then rendered by a white family. Um, so when I was growing up, I was growing up in two different households in Pittsburgh. Um, and then I went to university, and then I went to high school in Maritzburg still. And then I went overseas and lived overseas for a year and came back and went and lived by my own self in my own province in South Africa. I felt very proud of myself. And then from then on, I worked a little bit and then I made my way to China eventually. So that's a little summary of um, where I come from and basically a little introduction of who I am. Thank you so much, X. It's really, really difficult to pronounce your name, and uh, it's <laughs> lucky enough. I know in China with the, uh, with the Chinese Mandarin, I know it's also very difficult for Chinese to pronounce your name. Uh, so it's lucky that you really made short. It's X. So X, how is it in China? How is uh, what is your personal experience, uh, literally working and living in China, especially now during COVID nineteen? I was in China. I understand the the, the situation in China, especially coming from South Africa. How is it in China right now? I think we have to take into consideration the dynamics of this is affecting the whole world. So how things are happening or how COVID is sort of 
rendering itself or the way it is in China is almost the same as in other countries. We are fortunate enough to be, if anything, touch wood, dare I say we are, at the, we are seeing the tail end of COVID, whereas some countries are still very much living in um, you know, the restrictions that come with COVID, the, all of the systems and having to you know, sanitize and wear masks all the time. I know currently uh, South Africa has had to go to stage four, in which they were not able to go out. Um, my little sister, who is not too unhappy, but she got early, she got uh, off school quite early because they got to go on holiday a little bit earlier. So she's not sad about that, but you can imagine what that means um, for the economy. You can imagine what that means for a person trying to survive and you know the breadwinners of the world, uh, of families and, and just general living is just so one inconvenient two is so stressful is so frustrating um i always see my family currently now i think there's also this aspect where you look at where you are and you compare it to another country and that also sort of makes you feel some type of way so i know that when i chat to some family members or even some friends and they might find in my background I'm at a restaurant and people are having a good time and they're eating, there's no masks inside. You can just see they're like, what? We've been stuck at home you know, this whole week. We haven't been able to, to get out. And that kind of feeds into the frustration. Um, and I think one of the big things that drove the success for China was sort of the, I, I would say the government drove a lot of being able to handle the frustrations The locals were very good in finding a way to entertain themselves, to curb the frustrations of being stuck at home. Um, and it's really paid off. I think having had to be quarantined in the sense that we had to be locked down as well, especially in the beginning um, of COVID, it was, a bit, it was a bit of an adjustment. I'm a hermit a little bit, so I stay in my home majority of the time. So I can't say that it was that big of an adjustment because I'm home most of the time anyway but I do know that I mean you I, I can understand the frustration I know I'm home but it's at my liberties because I want to the minute I can't go down to the shops you know it does make a huge difference so right now we're majority like of the cities in China are walking about if you are enclosed in enclosed areas you do still have to wear a mask. So for example, if we do use a subway, I'm yet to find a subway that does not, you know, stipulate like very strictly that you have to wear a mask. However, when you get to the entrance, you can sort of take it off. If you're in open spaces, uh, dining and or whatever, you can sort of walk around without masks. And I've seen some uh, COVID, like those who've got vaccinated, I saw, that one of them, you, your uh, QR code, there is like animation and the animation doesn't have a mask, which basically says that you can go about without a mask. But that's if you've gotten vaccinated and things like that. Um, so I don't know the procedure to getting that type of uh, clearance, but I've seen it. And so that shows us we, we are moving forward a little bit.
Yeah, I see. So, uh, how do you feel? I know, like being away from home, and just the fear that your family is also facing the same situation. I understand South Africa might be a little bit well developed, and it has some facilities uh, than other African countries. And how do you feel? What is your psychology right now? And uh, how do you get to communicate with people at home, especially uh, those have uh, those people that have been uh, to China or other countries uh, what is their what do they say like what do they say especially uh, that you're very far away from your family yes. well for my family uh, it on a personal level they, they kind of gave up for me with regards to that because I've always been sort of the bird that flew the furthest away so you know first time that when I left university I took a gap year in Canada now you can imagine how far that is from South Africa right um, and then when I came back instead of going back to KZN I went to Pretoria and I lived in Pretoria essentially by myself I mean compared to Canada um, you can almost argue being by myself in Pretoria maybe wasn't that much of a big deal but I was by myself um, and then thereafter I then moved to China by myself so I think they they had you know garnered some strength and, and and belief in me that I would be okay in the sense of me being far away from home in terms of you know the psychological relief obviously I do miss my family I've always had an opportunity to go travel and see them um, each year until obviously COVID happened and so what what I noticed is that when COVID sort of hit it felt as though it impacted China first more than every other country and so in panic my family was then you know they put a lot of effort in making sure that we we're communicating with each other electronically they made sure that we were you know my mom had never needed and never used an email before and she now she has an email address you know during because of that sort of pressure and that time and so when things sort of dwindled down and we got into a rhythm of communicating online it got nice you know it was it's such a, a lovely thing to be able to chat to them even as the sort of stress and they could see that okay you know she's not gonna she's nothing's gonna happen to her if she just follows the rule and i and i just stayed at home anyway so i was i was sort of fine um and anytime that i felt any pressure or the frustration again of sort of being you know the cabin fever they were there luckily because of the time zone difference I have the <laughs> I am able to um, sort of connect with them at different times, and they are connecting with me. So when they're panicking at 4 a.m., I'm still wide awake, and so I can sort of bridge the gap and sort of help them through that. And so what happened because everything sort of shifted, and as we were getting better, it's almost like the weight shifted to the other side. Then I was then able to help them on on sort of this side. Humor played an incredible role in us um not only from my side when they were helping me they were teasing me a lot um they were making fun we were, you know jokes and, and things like that like i remember my sister made did a performance for me <laughs> during like we had we were having phone calls for like three hours you know so it was a long time and so now i'm able in some way I give back to them and and give them that type of support when they're getting 
quarantined and they're getting locked down to be able to sit with them and have conversations with them about anything nothing um and we started a, a, a family project at the moment so that i know my mom can't leave the property but luckily um being sort of more rural south africa we do have a lot more space than somebody who might be in the city so there have space to move about the property so there's a lot of projects that we're sort of engaging in and i'm able to be a part of um even in terms of creativity um in terms of throwing my own ideas on top of it where i don't need to physically be there and i think that's helping them um survive it uh i obviously cannot speak in terms of how other countries are sort of experiencing because at best i have some friends who are based in nigeria um some friends who are based in zimbabwe and malawi um and they're also just going through almost the same type of emotions as um south africa is at the moment the type of frustration um that they're feeling although nigeria maybe not have as much sort of restrictions as south africa is having right now um but yeah Yeah, I see. I'm really glad to uh, hear that you are able to connect with your family because I understand especially the students and some of the professionals working in China because of their seclusion from other people. It has really been difficult in terms of psychology because they are not able to go out. So many things were restricted and uh, really psychological help uh, was really needed considering the infrastructure in Africa. You know, not all countries have internet, not all parents have smartphones. So it 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 kind of has been a little difficult and then you are really in a very developed country and then you come maybe from a very uh, least developed country and then maybe the resources that they need especially now during covid-19 has not been easy some people have lost their jobs so literally not connecting with your family has really really affected so many people so i'm glad to hear that you're able to connect and it's really yeah. experienced here from south africa despite that it's facing a difficulty as other countries but you are able to keep up with the momentum despite the challenges so uh ex um, what is your experience currently especially i know you are teaching but i really want to hear how, how are you doing it especially during this time and uh, do you have like colleagues who are with you from the same country or different countries what is their experience and if at all they travel back home abroad uh what are the challenges are they facing and what could you tell them uh especially the ones that are doing the same thing that you're doing ex So I'm in the teaching industry. I started off um in training centers and then I've moved into a mainstream school. Um I'm going to be starting with an international school. Um so in that as in that sense I can't speak because I'm going to be starting with them. Um so I don't know the the ins and outs um regarding my new colleagues. However, those um in terms of the training centers I had many colleagues who were from South Africa some of them did decide to go home um and by deciding to go home they were not able to come back some did decide to go home and were able to come back a lot of quarantining happened <laughs> um in the midst of everything but i have to give props to my previous company if you go on my linkedin you know who they are but to my previous company they were very very 
professional. I think being in that company during that experience was very comforting. They were very good in understanding what is happening, especially the state that most foreigners were in. Um, and they were making a lot of exceptions. They were moving with us as opposed to sort of being very directive um, in terms of, you know, assuming that we must just all be mature and have emotional intelligence and be able to adjust and be mature about what's happening, you know, be grown-ups. In which case, an employer can expect that from their employees. But in reality, you know, it doesn't always play out like that you only realize how stressful it is to be away from your family when you when the idea or the possibility of not seeing them is actually quite high so that that they were very very good with that um at the present moment i again just because of the colleagues that i had you know the current current company i'm with now is majority uh, chinese staff so they're all locals and not even city like different cities they're all like chengdu like they're all from chengdu <laughs> at least the ones that i'm dealing with yeah. uh, on a personal level so nobody left because they they didn't have anywhere to go <laughs> they i mean their home was was right here for them um and then the other foreign staff were from uh, south africa they too had no intention or no plan to to go to south africa uh, i've had some friends who are not in the industry i'm in who had left without for example a vaccine and this was a little more last year than 2021 so they left last year when quarantine oh, sorry when vaccines weren't necessarily the the primary source of you know the access in and out and so they they went over and they just had to be quarantined a lot so they were very quarantined and they did not enjoy the quarantine process because they were experiencing it at the three weeks mark so it was three weeks that side and then three weeks this side so you can imagine you go on holiday for like two months and you know you have this week you're quarantined this week and it's not like your family can come to the hotel and look at you you just sit there in the same country as them and so a lot a lot of my friends had to really think very carefully if that was worth it because it would lead to just one week and if you can imagine from an economical side all of the flights you know they were normally this price went to that price and so everything was incredibly expensive incre- like dramatically expensive um i would argue even the ceos were like wow you know these are the people that we assume are, are more affluent and more comfortable but they were like no you know i'm staying put i'm not going anywhere uh so that has just been the general experience and you know from a teaching perspective again because we've sort of transitioned back into the way things were basically teaching as 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 one would expect a teacher to teach pre-covid so i'm in the classroom i'm talking to the children i don't wear a mask in 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 a classroom they're not wearing masks in the classroom we're spending time outside um if there is an instance which there hasn't been where there is a need for masks which again there hasn't been whenever there's an alert for a mask or anything like that we obviously then do take the precautions 
whenever we go on holiday, we do have to sort of uh, declare to our employees, employers where we're going so that if something should happen wherever we end up, then they're sort of aware, okay, X went to Shanghai, Shanghai got an alert, okay, she then has to be quarantined or she can come back and everything's fine. So there are still, there are still almost like background admin watching everything, although we're sort of now going about um, as per pre-COVID. I see. It's really interesting uh, that you've gone back to pre-COVID, despite that we have a little follow-up, which is really good because uh, the, the virus had, hasn't gone away. So people really need to monitor still. So, uh, uh, do you think the people that are outside China have a probability of coming back to China, especially though on a professional level? I understand students might be uh, for students it might be a little bit tricky because we have a, a bigger population of students and coming from different countries and because different countries have different regulations and it's really difficult to monitor. I know that the professional part or the professionals in China are not so many students. So for those professionals who are working in China and then went outside China, what are the necessities? Like, do they need to be vaccinated or what is, what is really happening? We really want to know like, what is it uh, what is happening and what's going to happen to them uh, now that china has closed borders uh, x i think we need to consider the rules and regulations regarding vaccines every country has their rules and regulations i mean i just saw uh, an article um, posting about new york opening up when that happened it doesn't necessarily mean that I can go to New York now. It really just translates to the countries are opening up to themselves. So the different provinces, as we call them in South Africa, or different states, as uh, the states we call them, <laughs> are opening up more to themselves. Um, and then the bigger picture where people are opening up, countries and borders are being opening, of opening up, it's a different story. One has to consider that if a country opens its border versus if provinces open the border, so if Sichuan and Shanghai open and there's a problem, it's a lot easier to control that as opposed to opening up to the world. So I think a lot of countries and a lot of governments, if I dare speak on their behalf, are taking precautions to see how they can play out or see the virus play itself out within the province through big holidays, through big situations within the country before they can welcome outside. I don't necessarily think it's a not wanting other people. I think some, to some degree, they think it's a strategy to try and see how much strength they will be able to handle should this happen that it breaks out again. Um, in terms of how you would be able to get here, there's a lot of vaccines that are coming out and there's a lot of sort of T's and C's regarding each vaccine. The 
the only thing I can speak of because I haven't taken the opportunity to try to even try to go to South Africa. So I don't even know how much a ticket would even cost, let alone what a vaccine process would be. However, I would say that taking into consideration research towards the country that you're going to. So if you are coming to China, you need to know the vaccine that is accepted and regarded as safe for China. Right. It, it, it almost doesn't matter what the vaccine is for your country. It's the country that you're going to. You need to take that into consideration. You also need to consider your country as well, because your country might not let you on a plane to go to China. Right. So you have to be able to do the research and the best people to do this for you or the best people to talk to are the airlines. Find the airlines and they will sort of know what you will be able to do and what you won't be able to do. Talk to the embassies as you're making the visa applications, as you're doing all the paperwork that's necessary for you to return. I know in China you would need an invitation letter from either a company or a business or anything like that you need to be invited into the country so whoever is inviting you they need to know or you at least need to be insistent that they know the rules and regulations regarding to which vaccine you have to take and also if you have to take a vaccine you might find that you might not have to take a vaccine as long as you can prove that you don't have covid uh, whichever the different sort of tests that you have to do that can satisfy the visa application process you need to then be able to make sure that you do that and then consider what the process will be in terms of quarantining um, i'll give an example with my brother who went from South Africa and they went to New Zealand and now are moving to Australia um, due to uh, some work stuff. And when they left for their own protection, they self-quarantined at home for a week. After following all the regulations or all the things involved, they still self-quarantined at home. And the only other place they left from home was to go straight to the airport and when they got to the airport and when they got to New Zealand they quarantined there as well so just take uh, some initiative as well because it might add you know to and play in your favor in, in terms of making it easier for you to come the side now in terms of which industry if there's a ranking system which industry is more valuable I can't really speak on that part. Uh, I think in some instances, I have seen some teachers coming back. I've seen some pilots coming back. I've seen some you know, general managers coming back. And these are specifically foreigners I'm speaking of who are coming back into the country. So I'm not sure if there's particularly a ranking system as of now, perhaps last year when things were a little bit tighter, there might've been a ranking system, but now I, I'm not really sure if that's true. Again, take a lot of interest um, and take a lot of initiative on your personal capacity to make sure that even when somebody's assisting you like for example somebody providing with a, an invitation letter just ask them and ask them and then ask other people and ask more people and i'm sure if you've been to china you have wechat get on every wechat group you can <laughs> and verify every bit of information that you can because you don't want to find yourself all the way at the airport and then you know you took the wrong vaccine 
or you did that one piece of paper application process wrong and then you have to start from scratch I really 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 appreciate that is great information that people don't really actually take self initiative they always rely on institutions to actually get the info for example the embassies or uh the institution that they are going to China so it's really about taking a self initiative also so that you you get a priority like you might go for an interview or somebody might have invited you but because you didn't take the self initiative to find extra information and all that it might be very difficult for you to go back to china x i really appreciate this has been really really educative to me personally because uh, since i left china i don't really know what is really happening on the ground despite that i'm following up on uh, newspapers mm-hmm. or online tv or wechat and other sources but you being yeah. around you've really given me a clear highlight that really it's okay now in china it's just back to pre covid era and just little follow up is being done especially when you move from uh, because china is very big so i understand yeah. it's really necessary to actually follow up because the the provinces are very big uh, the population is also very big and also people coming in and out really uh, needs follow up and monitoring so thank you so so much so what would you like to say today especially to people that are listening to us or people who will listen to this podcast what do you want to say especially in terms of china right now anything good you would love to share any opportunities that you think people can grab quickly especially during the covid-19 just your conclusion x thank you oh well to conclude thank you for having me i think that would be the first thing to start yeah. Uh, in relation to anybody listening on to the podcast if you're intending to come to China and you're not in China at the present moment take this opportunity to learn Chinese <laughs> yeah i promise you it, it's going to it's going to make that much more different you know that saying that goes along the the you speak a language the person understands you get to their brain you speak their own language you get to their heart so you might it might sound like very dramatic but if you have a bit of chinese and you get to the application for your visa or whatever and you're in front of a person they might speak your language wherever you are they also might speak chinese and you just you're like shifu ting 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 yeah you might just touch their heart and they might just make your application get out you know how it is service providers always nicer to us if you're nicer to them um, and you get to the airport and they might show you the better chair to sleep on while you wait you know it's not necessary to say that it will make anything go any faster or anything like that but you know being taking the opportunity to learn chinese is is incredibly valuable and this will not only transition into your everyday life but it will transition into how you go about negotiating your work life how it goes in regard to negotiating your salary your anything and everything and if you're coming in to be somebody who's working those are things that you really need to know about to be very very aware of so It's very nice in China. Um I think I think 
there are difficulties that many people experience at different points at different cities and different times um at different waves at different um strengths and things like that however there are times where it's really something that a lot more foreigners think it was a good opportunity to come here they would they would wear the good a little over the bad um so i think anybody can experience or wishes to experience that they should take the opportunity to do that thank you so so much i hope this will be beneficial to everybody that wants to come to china and uh, grab the opportunity now i know for other countries during covid-19 there's a lot of challenges people have lost their jobs but for other countries it's actually an opportunity to go out there and experience uh, new opportunities so thank you so much x and i wish you all the best uh, now that you're starting your work and thank i know you. it can be a little bit challenging for people that don't speak chinese when they teach english especially mm-hmm. to many kids but i understand you've stayed in china you've learned what they love you've learned how much uh they interact and i wish you all the best and thank you so much for sharing with us i hope for people that left china like me yeah. <laughs> have an opportunity to come back and even bring our siblings our children and connect with people with opportunities uh in in china and in case somebody wants to get more information i i guess they reach out to you and uh, we can share your linkedin in case they want to ask questions or anything more they want to ask about china i hope you have time you can explain to them i know there are so many people that really want to ask questions but they because they don't really know who to ask especially for foreigners who wants to who want to come to work i know for students they have different channels but for work it's a little bit tricky especially when work is advertised on wechat and then you have to communicate directly without a refer a referee i know i know for chinese they really trust like guanxi good relationships so i know because you're in china you've created a uh, good relationship with chinese you can re- re- be a referee to someone so thank you so so much and i hope you enjoy your sunday i know it's very late now it's almost eight o'clock uh, yeah. yeah and i know you need to sleep <laughs> and prepare because tomorrow is monday i really really appreciate and from me it's actually thank you and bye bye it's it's a pleasure i do want to end off yeah. if people do reach out to me on linkedin yeah please ask specific questions yeah this question what's it like in china is the most difficult question to answer i'm always very happy to answer questions relating to my experience on a personal capacity and also on a professional obviously leading to only the teaching industry because i can only speak from that industry yeah. however when somebody says what's it like in china Yeah. The weather, the people, the city, the, you know, so I would encourage anybody you're very welcome to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm always more than happy to answer any questions. Just please take a little bit more consciousness in asking more specific questions so that I can be better of help to you. Yeah. Thank you so much and actually It's a pleasure. Bye-bye, <laughs> X. Have a nice Cheers. day. Bye. <laughs> Hi everybody.